Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode seven of the College Football Throwdown podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, my name is Peter Schmitz, and I'm here today with my son, Alex Schmitz, and he is recording uh, from Los Angeles, California, and I am back here in Traverse City, Michigan. That's right, representing California over here. That's right. So uh, what we are is a, a podcast that's uh, based on the, the long-standing uh, conversations of a father and a son who both love and have a passion for the sport of college football and specifically the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And uh, so we are, uh, I, I, what is your coined phrase, Alex? A college football uh, at, pod, uh, podcast by college football fans for college football fans. That's right. Awesome. I see. And today we're going to remember to crack the beer at the beginning of the podcast because usually we oh, forget yes. and then do it yes, in the middle. Yes, that's a good idea. Okay, I'm going to do that right away. Here we go. Are you ready? Yep. Oh. Ooh. That was that a nice one. Really <laughs> that sounded really good. Yes, it did. All right. And now we're going to dive into our first topic for this week. Now, uh, we are mere days before the kickoff of the college football season. It's a pretty exciting time for all of us who espouse the great sport of college football. And uh, for our team, Nebraska in particular, we're facing a pretty tough uh, first game debut with uh, BYU. We want to kind of go over some things such as strength and weaknesses of the teams and give our final score predictions once we get through all of this uh, analysis. So, Dad, why don't you start with what you think the biggest strengths of uh, BYU are? Okay. Well, it, you know, first of all, they have quite a number of returning starters both uh, on offense and defense, but uh, let's focus first on the offense. You know, they have the return of their – their uh, premier quarterback, uh, uh, t- uh, Taysom Hill, and, who missed uh, quite a bit of last season because of a, a foot injury, leg injury, and um, and pretty much you know missed the season, um, and so he's back apparently healthy and, and playing great. Um, they did also lose a running back to a uh, suspension uh, or departure from school, um, and so there's some questions. With, uh, with the running game, but their wide receivers are, are very tall and, and very athletic, including a, a guy that was redshirted last year, coming off his redshirt year, and was considered the fourth best receiver in the junior college ranks last uh, season. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, it appears that they have some really great physical talents at the wide receiver position, and the guy who's replaced the departed running back uh, is uh, an unknown. It's going to be probably more of a committee approach, much like Nebraska will use. Um, uh, but they, uh, that running back uh, is, is huge. He's like almost 250 pounds, as is their fullback. So they could bring a, a pretty, pretty big jumbo package at us with, with three uh, wide receivers that are 6'5 or taller and, uh, and two running backs that are 250 each. So uh, I, I, I see them as having great strength at, at being able to just line up and play a little smash mouth because they've got a lot of returning starters on the offensive line and some big running backs. And so it's going to be up to us to find a way to, to slow that thing down uh, because if they have success running and establishing that running game, then they're going to be able to play pitch and catch with those tall wide receivers. It's virtually impossible for defensive backs, even good defensive backs, 
to cover a receiver for too long. And if and if they are having to peek into the backfield to defend the running game, we could be in some real trouble uh, uh, stopping this offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading and then, up. Uh, if I shift, oh, go ahead. I was just going to talk a bit about the BYU strengths as well. Um, Okay. I, I was doing some reading before the podcast and basically came across similar information to what you just said, that how their quarterbacks um, being hyped as one of the best in the nation, actually. And so he's definitely a threat to watch for. And these uh, two wide receivers who are 6'6 six, six or taller will definitely be a, a tricky thing for us. You know, it'll be interesting to see how these um, suspensions from their uh, the end of last season play effect in this uh, upcoming game and how those injuries that they've the couple injuries that they've had to keep positions will hurt them in the game right well and that's the thing is you, you know you just don't know it's always tough when you're playing BYU especially first game out of the box because you don't know what they have coming back uh, because of the unique uh, situation of, of BYU having players coming back off of mission uh, and things of that nature, uh, there's a little bit more of a, uh, a unpredictable dynamic that that occurs every season for that school, just because of their unique, uh, um, you know, right. uh, uh, religious affiliation. And so, uh, you know, that's one question I have is obviously they're going to need some guys that will be stepping up into some certain roles. I don't know exactly what those are, but but you just need them to be there. And the question is, will they be ready or not? And uh, but their frontline guys appear to be every every bit the challenge that uh, we might expect. And this this is a game that could frankly uh, get out of hand. One of the quotes from their coach Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall uh, was that uh, he was very pleased with the uh, the physical aspect of his team. That they had been a very had been a very physical camp. That, that that he felt like his team had great physicality. And that's actually one of the things I'm most concerned about with Nebraska's team. Uh, because I, I'm, I haven't heard much uh, discussion or emphasis from the coaching staff or in the media about us being a physical team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a question mark going into this game. And what about the uh, weaknesses of BYU that you see? Well, you know, I, I, I don't know that their defense, even though they have a lot of returning starters, I don't know that their defense last year was spectacular by any stretch. And so the question becomes with this group that they are going to have starting, you know, uh, in the game this weekend, uh, uh, you know, uh, how good are they? You know, uh, I think th- they look to be quite big, especially their linebacking core is, is tall and, and, and pretty good size. Uh, and so the question becomes, uh, are they going to have the speed to run uh, and tr- tr- uh, ch- chase us down? Because, you know, one thing we do have is some pretty decent speed, you know, with guys like uh, in the wide receiver core like Jamal Turner, and um, um, uh, our running backs like Terrell Newby and and probably our, our new guy Mikhail uh, Wilbon, uh, you know we've got some speed that's that's pretty elite. But again, not something they have never seen, you know, at BYU. But I, I have a feeling we do have an advantage there, and we've got to find a way to use it. Because if we don't, I, I think I think it'll be a long day for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have as much to say about BYU's defense. Um, so I thought that would could transition us into talking about Nebraska's strengths and weaknesses. Um, I was just reading some quotes from uh, Coach Riley about um, one 
spot that is still a question mark to me, but I am certainly more positive about it than I was, you know, a few weeks ago before fall camp started is uh, Tommy Armstrong in general. Uh, both the coaching staff and all the comments we hear from the team and stuff would seem to suggest that he's done a good job of like being a leader and really embracing the new uh, systems that the coaches have implemented. He always worked really hard in this offseason according to everything we've heard. So I just really hope that plays dividends in his play and you know the performance of the team in general as a cohesive unit. You know I feel like if Tommy can bring that kind of unity to our team as somebody who's a third-year starter, that would be really good. Uh, yes, I, I, I agree, and I, I think it's going to be critical because we need him to, to play very poised. He can't, you know, get overly excited. He has to show that it's his third year of, of starting football games, and he's got to be in control because he's going to be having to keep some other uh, emotions uh, like the running backs and some of the receivers from getting out of hand. And then from an offensive line standpoint, we need our offensive line to just play very well. We need that offensive line to control the uh, – the BYU defensive line, and if we can accomplish that and establish a running game, then I think some of the diversity of the offense that, that I believe Mike Riley and, and Daniel Langsdorf have, have set up will start to show up. You know, the, some of the uh, fly sweeps, uh, the zone reads, and the little screen passes and little rollout passes and um, those kinds of things for, for Tommy Armstrong will all play together, and, and it'll be hard for them to slow us down. But if they can get pressure or if we have a lot of missed assignments up front that make our running game inconsistent, then it's going to be very difficult for us to move the football, I think, because we'll be shooting ourselves in the foot effectively. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then talking about the weaknesses in Nebraska, one obvious one is the injuries that we're coming off of seems like a number of the players who suffered more minor injuries are making it back or might make it back you know for this first game um so that's at least good to hear but uh but we definitely do have some you know long longer term injuries to some key positions that are going to hurt us and our depth isn't the greatest at certain uh spots on the defense and things like that so that's right. kind of what has me concerned just in general is that if we really get let's say we win but we really have to play smash mouth football with these guys. And like you say, if our physicality isn't where it needs to be, you know, and a couple guys get injured or whatever, that's not the best way to start the season, you know, getting punched in the mouth and losing a tooth, you know, in game one. Right. Well, and, and the thing with that, Alex, is that, uh, uh, you know, we can't afford to, to uh, uh, take a, a, a kind of a soft approach to this game. Uh, I, I think Bronco Mendenhall wants nothing more than to win this football game. Of all the games, he's got a tough schedule, but of all the games that he might have privately said, these are the most important games of the season, I guarantee you this is one he would have circled because of his connection to Nebraska and and the fact that he's always wanted his teams to be very physical. They, that's always been one of the you know cornerstones of his coaching. And, I, and, and so my concerns going into the game are about our physicality, uh, especially uh, in the secondary against, because we've kind of gone along this whole fall camp saying, well, we know we're going to be in pretty good shape at, uh, in the secondary because we, we're deep there. We've got a lot of options, a lot of choices. But then I, I start reading about BYU's 
monster receivers. And I tell you what, that's a matchup that's a problem for just about any secondary, frankly, that to have to deal with you know that much height. So even if you cover them well, they just have a much bigger you know uh, uh, radius in which they can yeah they can catch passes and they can they can basically just go up and get it uh, or, or catch it from behind or whatever when your guy can't get there. So uh, we we need Taysom Hill if he's as good as they say he is and he's accurate. That's going to be a hard combination for us to slow down. So so I really look at this. Um, um, you know, from a strength of Nebraska and a weakness of Nebraska, I see us as having some real speed uh, on our team compared to them. Uh, I, I think uh, I would expect that our offensive line should match up pretty well against their defensive line, even though we're, we've got some new starters. I just have a feeling that our offensive line has, has got to be the, the dominant group there. And then uh, our wide receivers and running backs have all got to find a way to get the ball in their hands and then uh, in that free space, make make uh, BYU's defense pay, you know, for, for their lack of speed uh, in certain areas. And if we can do that, then I think we'll move the ball effectively. Mm-hmm. If we're not able to establish that line of scrimmage and, and do that, uh, I think it's going to be a very uh, difficult day for us offensively. On the other side of the ball, uh, uh, you know, our defense, I, I think what we're going to need to do, the, one of the big concerns throughout fall camp was we're not getting any pressure out of the defensive end position. The defensive ends are simply not uh, uh, progressing in, in terms of finding guys that can be difference makers, and we need that to change. I'm, I'm hopeful that part of the reason that we struggled was because our offensive tackles were doing so well, and, and as a result, you know, they were just neutralizing our defensive ends, but, but maybe we'll go up against this BYU offensive line, and, and maybe they're not as good as our guys, and all of a sudden the defensive ends start making some plays they weren't making in practice, you know? But uh, if, if we get that pressure, then all of a sudden we're having a blitz. Now we're putting our, our corners on islands against these tall receivers, and big plays will result. So we need to have uh, our defensive line have a great first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in, ter- and in terms of what I think needs to happen in order for us to win, I agree with you in that uh, BYU, because of their physicality, uh, will make it difficult for us to do kind of what Nebraska is known for doing, which is just, you know, smash mouth kind of football, you know, doing a lot of focusing a lot on the run and stuff. And I still think we should do that because that's our bread and butter. Uh, but I believe using our the speed that we have, like you said, with our wide receivers and our running backs um, that maybe they don't have to our advantage would be a key to the game. And also, uh, while I would not want um, Tommy Armstrong to start the game throwing the football left and right in an attempt to overcome that physicality, you know I don't think we're he or our offense is at a point where we could handle some sort of complex passing offense. Uh, but I would like to see him complete enough passes that they can't just load the front box, you know, to, to stop our run. You know, I, we need them to respect mm-hmm. that enough. Right. A- absolutely, and we need to. We, like I said, we need to use fly sweeps. We need to use maybe some reverse actions. We need to do some misdirection, and 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 we've got to we've got to do some zone read and make them, uh, you know, kind of pay uh, for that. You know, um, in terms of if they commit to Tommy Armstrong, we need to, uh, you know, uh, make sure that that he does a good job of of actually doing his own read, not just a pre predetermined call in the huddle but an actual 
read the defensive end or read the defensive tackle and, and make the right choice in terms of your zone read mm-hmm. concepts so that, so that we get some chunk plays, you know, in the running game. Uh, and then our, our speed kind of gets us to that second level and, and you maybe don't have a huge hole, but it's big enough. And then they squirt through it and all of a sudden they've made 15 yards or 20 yards. That's the kind of plays that we need. To, to help us move down the field. I, I feel pretty good about our, our kicking game. I, I have a feeling our kicking game is going to be pretty good, even with the loss of the Mornay personnel. I think we're going to be fine both on, on the reception side of it as well as the kicking side of it. Um, you know, if it comes down to a field goal kicking game, I, I don't know that much about BYU's kicker, but I, I really like our guy. Uh, and so... Um, yeah, you know, uh, I was just re- that, that stuff seems to all play for yeah, us. Yeah, I just know? was reading something about there being like a battle between two different guys on BU's team, BYU's team for like the position of punter. Um, so I don't know mm-hmm. that may or may not be a factor in the game, but I do feel confident our right. there's no real question marks at special teams for us at least, which is you know good to hear. Aside from I, I Pearson Al, yeah, obviously. So and so that leads to the final thing, which would be you know the whole turnover battle and and penalties right those those uh, uh, intangibles we cannot afford to have critical penalties on you know offsides and things like that in, in third downs or critical situations and and we absolutely cannot have a bunch of turnovers because if we if we gift them a bunch of short fields because we make mental errors because people are overthinking things and still trying to get in sync in terms of our, our offense then we're going to be in some trouble. So, so uh, you know, I'd like to quickly jump in. How does Nebraska win this football game? Like I said before, uh, use the fly sweep, get to the edges, uh, short passing games, occasional shots down the field from a passing standpoint. But we, we really need to control the football and, and be very uh, um, uh, precise about our game plan. We can't be doing too much. We've got to find a few things that work. And then, and then just keep using them multiple times through the course of the game. Once we find some things that are working, stay with them. Don't, don't keep going and, you know, going into the trick bag and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You just need to find what's working and then get through this game and kind of build off of that. I, I don't want us to try to throw too much offense at BYU. I think the best thing we could do is line up and just try to let our athletes beat their athletes. Because I, I think if you just looked at it on a matchup basis, we probably have better athletes than they do one-on-one right yeah i think in general a some not simplistic game plan in a bad way but not not overly complicated you know not mm-hmm. not trying to do too much like you said i think that definitely is a key to our victory um so yep. as a final thing um score predictions i came up with one totally not scientific in any way um but i'm gonna say that we win 28 17 i think it's really gonna be an offensive battle uh, our, if our offense can't score against their defense, I think we're going to be in trouble because I definitely think their offense will score some points against us with all the talent they have there. So that's my prediction. You know, I, I'm even going to go higher, Alex. I, I, I think I, I'm, 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 I'm optimistic of a Nebraska victory, but I think that we're going to have to score 42, and wow. I think it's going to be like I think it's going to be like 42 to 38. Or something like that. It's wow. going to be a close game, uh, but high scoring, and both teams are going to put a lot of points on the board. Uh, that's what I, I think. Uh, that would be, uh, you know, how I would like to see this maybe play out. I, I, obviously, it'd be great if it was 42 to nothing, but <laughs> but uh, but uh, I don't see that happening. 
and and I do, I think that we're going to have to outscore them. Oh. I, I think they're going to put some points up on us. Yeah, that's that's a lot more high scoring than I was thinking. That'll be interesting to see if that's what plays out. Um, yep. All right, so moving on to our second topic of the day, uh, just talking about the Big Ten in general. This is actually a very big uh, weekend for the Big Ten. Uh, big, well, it's a long weekend, too, because we're going to have games from Thursday till Monday, several key ones. Um, the kickoff game of the entire uh, season is the, uh, the Michigan-Utah game on Thursday, which is there's obviously a good bit of hype for it just with the whole Harbaugh effect, you know, and everything like that, but also the fact that they lost to this team last year, so it's not an easy victory. Oh, no, not at all. In fact, most people, I think, will be picking Utah to win this football game. Uh, Utah is a team with a lot of returning talent off a team that was very good last year and really handled Michigan comfortably uh, in the big house last year. And now Michigan's got to go out there, and you know that place is going to be absolutely rocking. You know, TV audience, um, uh, the the name, uh, the helmet of Michigan coming to the stadium. The Utah Stadium is going to be going absolutely berserk. So it's going to be a, an interesting environment that they have to play in. Um, and so, but but I I just feel like we're going to see the beginning of something. Uh, you know, with with Coach Harbaugh. I, I have a feeling that they're a better team than people give them credit for because last year, it's, it's my opinion uh, that Michigan was, uh, their problem was mostly about quarterback, frankly. And, and so uh, I just think that if they get better quarterback play, their offensive line, their defense are going to be, their defense is going to be very good and, the, and, and their offense is going to be better than it has been. Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, but Utah is a very formidable foe and it wouldn't shock me at all if they lost. Yeah, it would be. It is interesting because I mean Michigan has been recruiting very well over the past few years, and so you got to kind of look at the fact that you had these five-star athletes coming into Michigan, and then you weren't seeing them perform at the level you'd expect a five-star athlete to perform. You know, and so you got to wonder like how much of that is you know the coaching staff, and so it'll be interesting to see if 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 that really was the main issue. You know. I could see Michigan doing a big turnaround from last year's, you know, um, more disappointing season to Harbaugh really like making something happen. You know, if if he really has that talent pool there that he needs. Right. Yeah, I, well, because he retained some of the key uh, coaches on the defensive side, and they were already very good defensively. I expect Michigan's defense to be very good, and so it's really just a matter of how far along is the is the Harbaugh offense at this point. And um, uh, but I think it's a, this is a if it was a, if it turns out to be a Michigan victory I think it's a big victory for Michigan obviously but I think it's also a big victory for the Big Ten because as we just discussed I know we're not going to hit every one of these but with this weekend of major Big Ten games I expect uh, Minnesota to get beat by D- TCU quite handily mm-hmm. I, I, I could see TCU winning that game even though it's up at at Minnesota I could see TCU winning that game by three touchdowns or more. Uh, uh, equally, uh, Wisconsin plays Alabama at a neutral site, and I could see uh, Alabama, frankly, crushing Wisconsin. Yeah. I, I just feel like Wisconsin is going to take a step back here early in the season because of the losses they had on their offensive line. And even though their defense was statistically very good last year, their schedule last year was quite weak. 
and they didn't play that many good football teams. Um, and so, um, and they had a, you know, phenomenally, uh, um, what do I want to say, time-controlling offense. Great offensive line and, and a, you know, Heisman Trophy-like running back, right? Right. And Melvin Gordon. So, and he's gone, and a lot of those offensive linemen are gone. I just think you're going to see them step back, and Alabama's going to be focused and ready to atone for the fact that they lost their previous game, you know, against uh, um, uh, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, which I was just going to say that I definitely predict a uh, Alabama victory in that game, and it might not even be close. Uh, right. And similarly with the TCU game, though, uh, the fact that they're – I didn't know that it was an away game for TCU. That does give them something of a difficulty to overcome. Um, the right. Alabama-Wisconsin game, is not is that at a neutral field? I think it is. I think it's it's one of the ones down in Texas. It's either Houston or Dallas. I don't know which. I thought so. Um, and then the other uh, really big game going on in the Big Ten this weekend is the Ohio State-Virginia Tech game, which is on uh, Memorial Day. That's no, uh, Labor Day. Labor Day. Whoops. Messing it up. <laughs> but that is that's another exciting game. Isn't Virginia Tech the team they lost to last year? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, so there. Uh, obviously, Ohio State will be motivated, but uh, you know, uh, Virginia Tech is is going to be at home this time, and uh, they have uh, high expectations of having a, uh, a more of a typical uh, uh, um, Virginia Tech defense this year. That's better than you know what they've had, and so they're uh, uh, you know they're poised to they hope have uh, you know one of those great teams of theirs that that holds everybody in check and wins close games. So, you know, a couple of things happen bad for Ohio State early, and they can hang around. All of a sudden, maybe Ohio State gets a little tight, uh, you know, having to deal with this whole pressure of being the hunted instead of the hunter, and, uh, you know, worse things happen, right? Right. So uh, I could see that scenario playing out, but I don't think so. It's my opinion that Ohio State will win that game comfortably. So, uh, you know, in, in an ideal world, we would, we would see maybe out of the five games we just talked about within the Big Ten that are kind of the marquee matchups, mm-hmm. uh, I would say we look at uh, uh, a Michigan victory, a Nebraska victory, and an Ohio State victory, and likely a Wisconsin loss and a Minnesota loss. Yeah. Not because I think those two teams are bad, but they're just facing very formidable yeah, opponents. I mean, those are top five tier opponents so yeah that's that's tough to win (laughs) yep yeah so anyway that's kind of the the rollout so we've done our predictions for the nebraska game uh we've talked a little bit about the the matchups what kind of a game we think would look good for nebraska you know um and uh and what we we don't want to see i mean if we see if we see byu you know being able to establish a running game and as a result being able to play pitch and catch with those tall receivers, I think Nebraska's defense is going to be in for kind of a long day. <laughs> um, um, but if we're able to control that line of scrimmage and, and kind of shut down their uh, running game and make them somewhat one-dimensional, uh, then I think we have a, at least a, a lot better chance of slowing them down, maybe getting a pick here or there, and um, and, and disrupting their rhythm. Yeah. And, and then, then we'd be fine. Well, something you said before the podcast that I thought was interesting was talking about this whole physicality thing and how, you know, Riley, just in general, is this super nice guy. You know, everybody talks about how nice he is. And that's very much a good thing for a program in a lot of ways. Um, 
but then at the same time you got to want part of you wonders like if he has that you know uh edge to give to the players to like go out there and play hard and blow people up you know that Bo was at, um, at times, you know, very good at doing. Uh, right. And so I think that's just an interesting question mark for me with Riley, because I got to assume him being a head coach for, you know, decades. Uh, he's got to be a pretty competitive guy. You know, I, I get the feeling that maybe when the game is, is going, he's, you know, not yelling at people's faces like Bo, but he's just as intense as, you know, any head coach you'd expect you know. Oh, he's, you're right. He's intensely competitive. Everybody that knows him well knows that about him. It's just that he does it in a very respectful and professional way. The, the question is going to be, you know, you got to leave that up to your, your defensive coaches. Your defensive coaches have got to be the ones that get your defense ready to, to basically be playing hair on fire defense, you know, and, and all of them have talked about how this defense is simpler. It's easier to, to uh, understand. And as a result, you can play, more freely and and with a little bit more of a, an attacking style, but that also makes you susceptible to, to cutbacks. And uh, and throughout fall camp, we have been as defense uh, somewhat susceptible to big plays. Our offense has had a lot of big plays against our defense in this fall camp. So so I you know we just and I I think that all leads that all stems from being able to uh, stop the run and and being able to put a little pressure on the quarterback. And so we've got to see those things come to fruition if we expect to beat a very talented and formidable BYU. That's right. All right. Well, um, we were talking before we might be doing a podcast here uh, this coming Friday um, because my dad, uh, you're going to be in in Nebraska on Friday. You're going down to this BYU game, you lucky dog. You know, you're going to be there for the premiere. That's right. It's uh, We're looking forward to it. Got number of your uh, aunts and uncles coming back and uh, gonna have a little reunion here so we're gonna have some fun and uh, hopefully enjoy a victory uh, but uh, looking forward to the start of the college football season and enjoy an exciting day regardless that's right so thanks for uh, putting this together so quick for us Alex and uh, and we'll talk again uh, later this week yeah for sure and if those of you out there are listening to us if you enjoyed this you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes Visit us at footballthrowdown.podomatic.com if you want to see our website where we put up all these podcasts. You know, rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. And uh, send us an email if you like at uh, huskerpete13 at gmail.com. We always like hearing from you guys. Or they can just leave a, a comment right there on the Podomatic site when they're listening to the podcast, uh, whether it's through our direct link on that we put up on Facebook or uh, however you get linked to this. Uh, there's uh, neat areas for you to comment. Mm -hmm. That's right. We always read those comments, too. All right. So thank you all out there for listening, and let's look forward to the kickoff of the greatest time of the year. (laughs) All righty. And go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.